Hello and welcome along to Good AGA brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Facebook and Instagram. I'm delighted to be joined by John Heenan coming to us live from his office in Cork. Welcome along, John. Thanks, Liam. Good to be here, buddy. And also to have Shawnee coming to us from his granny flat, which is also his office in Melbourne. Welcome along, Shawnee. Thanks, Liam. Thanks. Very good to be here. I tell you what, Liam, I'm absolutely exhausted. I have been defending the good honour and the good name of Liam Linehan all week. The good AGA inbox has been flooded, flooded with <laughs> complaints about Liam. And I dare they're saying, geez, how can he call Cork people scumbags? When half of the GA fraternity are ripping off people in, in Kilkenny, <laughs> when there's people writing letters to referees threatening their lives and their livelihood. I mean, like, where is Liam Lennon standing? And he's got more cork than any, any of the two of us, nearly. He can, everywhere he looks, he's got cork. He's 100% blood is cork, and he calls the cork people scumbags. I've defended you to the hilt, Liam. Like, I've defended your honour. You're an honest man. But I think you let yourself down last week. Yeah, look, I stand over my comments. I stand over. I stand over those comments. 100%. And, and that, and there you go, folks. There is, there is the man. That is Liam Lillian. I will not be retracting anything I said about the Cork supporters. Very, 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 very similar to Conor McGregor. He wants to apologise for absolutely nothing. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of people have actually, it's funny, come up to me in Kilkenny and said, "You're a hundred percent right about those Cork supporters." Of course, hundred percent right. Do you know, like you're saying, they're not. They're not in, no, it's it's the we won't re-prosecute it all again now. But and you acknowledge it, Johnny, it's the booing of the wides and that kind of that the scummy undertone that they bring to the games. But anyway, move on from that. Anyway, it's been. <laughs> no, leave. Hang on, hang on. I will say one thing, right? I will say one thing. This is defending you as well, and I can't say much now about last Sunday. But we get into that. But he's got something to hang on to now. Here, go on. <laughs> The car crew up in the terrace, they looked like they were having some crack now, but again, the minute silence, the boys were letting off the flares and going absolutely. They started singing our Ron Levine before, in the minute silence before our Ron Levine, and they sang the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. That's just standard. So, yeah, standard. Standard for that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. I stand over that. Joe Broly said about Sean Kavanagh, I'd say the same about Julian, as far as a man. <laughs> He's not a man. Oh my God, Joe probably. <laughs> um, okay, let's get going because Giggles has to actually do some work this afternoon, so we have, we, we have him on the clock. Um, yeah. We're going to have a look back at at Munster last weekend. Obviously, a, some very exciting games and some very bo- and a very boring game. And uh, Leinster, we probably had a, a an exciting enough game. I think Kenny Godby will have a look at that too and a look ahead to this weekend. And Giggles has a great Giggles corner for us. He tells us he's told us into WhatsApp. Lads, I have a brilliant giggles corner free if he does say so himself. Not want to pick himself up, but he's um he's called it one of his best yet. So looking forward to this now, giggles. I think I'm going to get p- picked up by a lot of different media stations that are going to be oh, reciting wow. this giggles corner over the next couple of days. Okay, wow, that's another big big claim. Let, well, let's see. So look, uh, coming up first, we're going to have have a look back at Munster. It's always you know a great show. Uh, you know, to say that you walked the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and but you know, we never changed one bit from the day we started, let's say, our first game with, with Glenmore. 
going back to your locals and the people that you're brought up with and you're reared with and there's, there's nothing like going back there like the one the fancy oh, open top bus line I think we had Dublin's Richard Dublin's lorry and really, yeah. up, up in the back of the lorry and off down it's just lovely country and a few bonfires Lovely country people, that's what you get in County Kilkenny, not so much in, in, uh, in Cork. Um, but first up, I think, look, let's we, let's get into Cork and Waterford. Obviously, Claire Limerick, absolute showstopper. I'm looking forward to talking about that in detail. But Cork and Waterford, you know, Giggles, you must have been heartbroken down there in Park Cueve on, on Sunday after being in Turles the week before, that new hope, All-Ireland champions there for the taking, didn't do it, but look, lots to take from it. And to go down there and to put in a performance like that against one of the flakiest teams in the country themselves being Cork, like, where do you go to here? And that's that I sent you through all those losses across all the grades, whether it's hurling or football underage. Is Waterford just in crisis now? Like, complete crisis? Yeah, I think I think so, Liam. Um, I, I genuinely think we are. And I, I think I brought up a point before we get into the game. Like, the Waterford Championship, <clears throat> senior hurling championship last year and the year before, or run off in eight weeks, right? And there is a non-competitive league operating in Waterford. Teams don't turn up or give walkovers and it's not very well organised. So you've over the last two years since I've been home anyway, I've seen it firsthand. All of your senior hurlers are playing for eight weeks, max. That's the teams that are getting to the county final. And then they're gone. <clears throat> so how in the name of Jesus are you going to develop hurlers playing at adult level when they're playing serious competition for a maximum of eight weeks over the year. doesn't work. doesn't compute. I think you can see it. Um, wouldn't say that that's feeding through to this water for performance, but it's definitely feeding into underage, under-20s. They're just not getting the games that, that, that players in Kilkenny, Cork and Galway and Limerick are getting because their hurling structures, be it just even fixtures, the simplest fixtures, are set up far more efficiently. But... I think that that could be a whole episode in its own, given out about the Waterford County Board and the way they approach it, getting into the match. But just before you even get into the match, before you get into the match, Gilles, just that point you made, right? That's grand, right? Point received. But you know, I know you're going to get into the match. But after walking away on the Limerick game, and then to put in a performance like that, like what? What does that? What answer? Do, or where do you go ah. from that? That's the bit I'm puzzled by. You can't say it to be. I'm interested in your comment there about, about Waterford crisis, and I'm agreeing with you. Right? Yeah. The last, so one minor win in the last three years, and that was against Kerry. One under 20 win in the last seven years. Madness. The stats, you, you gave me the one stat, there's another 20 stats to go with it that are equally as bad. So if anyone wants to ignore the fact that water in crisis, just because we still have Austin Gleason and Stephen Bennett and Tyg de Burke, and because uh, we do have a good panel and senior panel at the moment. But what's going to replace it? There, there isn't the, the players coming through to replace it at the same ratio that there is in Cork, Limerick, Kilkenny, Dublin, Galway. There just isn't. So if, if you want to kind of go and look at counties uh, and look 10 years on, are we any dissimilar to what Offaly were a couple of 10 or 15 years ago? Maybe not. So that, I think that's that's where we're at. We're, we've got a very strong panel at the moment. They've had ups and downs between 15, 16, 17, very high. 18, 19, very low, very, very low. 2021, very, very high. And now 22 and, and into 23 were very, very low ebbs. So that's that one team of the DeBurkas, the Austin Gleasons, Stephen Bennett, etc. After that, we're in trouble, Liam. So I think I think your, your point is spot on. 
Shani, you're there not smiling in particular, but obviously you would have been a very happy man watching that match. Uh, yeah, but like I think on the on the on the Warford thing as well, being crisis potentially. Yeah, I mean, look, you're tr- you're throwing everything out one one game and maybe not. I think it was probably right on the wall for that last couple of years in terms of their underage, and we kind of we've spoken about it before. But like the the group of players that they have now, they've had for quite a while. You know, the last three or four years, they've gone through so many managers. I don't necessarily think it's it's like it's a reason for. Like going back, look at it underage. Like this team and that group of players have failed to deliver in the last four or five years under different managers. So I think, you know, looking at the the wider water structures is one thing, but like this team alone, you know, have just failed to get over the line. And and, and you know, since losing that All Ireland to Limerick, which we you know we've all been battered by Limerick, but um, maybe not maybe not Kikini, to be fair to him, um, you know we're yeah I just think that the Waterford team just mm-hmm. themselves that the players they have there's some serious problems like the like Austin Gleeson for example like how he's not on the t- that team last weekend I don't know ahead of you know Daryl Lyons and play, players like this and I know Daryl Lyons is like. One of the best genuine workers in the team. Like, but when you have the class of Austin Gleeson there, and he's sitting on the bench, and then he comes on, and you know he makes a little bit of an impact, or he does something silly, or whatever like that. This, I don't know. I just think that it's, it's wider. It is a wider problem with this Watford team. To put your finger on it, I don't know. Well, it, it, interesting. I was I went to the match with my sister, right? And I think when Watford went eight points to two down, Kate said to me. Oh, Jesus, this is where they were last week as well. They'll come back. But I, I kind of felt that, that I didn't believe that comment, right? Because I think last weekend, Lee, when we were there, albeit they went a good bit behind, I think they were 1 8 3 behind. You could kind of see that they were performing relatively well. There was a couple of things going wrong, but they weren't a million miles off. But I've three points down here that I, I like. First of all, watching the game itself was demoralizing. It kind of brought back memories, even though it wasn't the same scale as 2008. It was just like looking at a performance that was dead, that absolutely dead for whatever reason. So energy was the first thing. The Waterford team had no energy. The team collaboration didn't appear to be there. There was just no connectiveness between their play. Like three or four times I watched a man on right half back hit it to the centre back, hit it to left half back and look up and there still wasn't a run made. Um, But what absolutely blew my mind was one Jack Fagan, who's a traditional forward who they've repurposed as a fairly good attacking wing back, was placed in a sweeper when you have Austin Gleeson on the bench to Shawnee's point. And that definitely didn't work. He hadn't a clue. It was highlighted on Sunday game how, how, how bad he was at the sweeper job specifically. That wasn't particularly his fault. Which meant it basically gave Cork the free puck out to Kieran Joyce, their best back, their best distributor of all, and he had no pressure on him, to look up, wait five seconds, to ping a ball to Hoggy or Harnady. And contrast that with, remember when Kieran Joyce himself got very frustrated in the Kilkenny match because he had two lads on him straight away. So if nothing else, playing against this Cork team and with Harnady and Horgan in the full forward line, they didn't have a goal threat, they had a point threat. Playing the sweeper was absolutely bananas. But what was absolutely even more bananas was continuing with that sweeper for the entire game when you're 10 points down. Like... Every man in the dog in the stands could see that the sweeper was ineffective and that the cork backs were coming out with the ball too easily. And Watford didn't have the energy 
to play five forwards and six or seven backs. Oh, they had F- the F- only the only F- fella that like that gave Cork trouble Jack Prendergast in the first half. He won a couple of puck outs and they switched two I think two different players on him at the time because he, yeah. he you know he won balls out midfield, turned, burned his man, travelled through, but like there was very few with him in in that instance. And I think I was watching the game. And I swear I was waiting for a goal from Waterford. I was waiting for a goal because they were threatening. They were threatening. Yeah. I thought just after half time, here we're going to go. There's going to be a goal. There's going to be a big rally from Waterford. We're going to have to, you know, going to have to weather the storm here. They up for it, but like it never came at all. Like, no, even it never came. But it no, never came. No, the start of the second half there was a little bit of a of a boost. You know, they kind of got it down mm. to six points. I think they tacked on tacked on a couple of scores. Like, okay, grand, right? So going to be a bit of a match here now. Thank God, because that mm. first half was one of the worst halves of hurling I've watched in a long, long time. It was horrific. And to, yeah. now, giggles, I don't know what it was like down there, but it seemed like there was even no atmosphere, even from the Cork side. Like it was just like dead. Because Waterford Cork bringing, had desperate wides mm. in the first half as well. Like yeah, but just because Cork were, or Waterford bringing, bringing nothing to it yeah. at all. Yeah, Cork weren't even like delighted with the with the hammering that they were giving them because it was just like this is just like a challenge match. There was probably yeah. thirty thousand down there or whatever so was down there. It was just bananas. I yeah, I think Waterford had four goal chances that they easily should have like Jack Pendergast should have been given a, pen, a penalty in the first half. How yeah. James Owens and, and when I saw James Owens is it, I did think to myself, yeah. not, not this effort. So. Liam, we know you were you're feeling towards James Owens. I think we're all getting that way now, to be honest. But that was a stonewall penalty. I'm not, I'm not making excuse for one, but as Johnny said, Cork had about 27 wides that they should have scored. But the three in the second half were, were gr- brilliantly created chances. Like, Stephen Bennett's free to Pat Fitzgerald was typical Stephen Bennett. Quick thinking, gave it to Pat Fitzgerald on the 13-yard line, drove the ball too high at the goalie's early height. Should have been a goal. Stephen Bennett again created a chance, popped it to Peter Hogan, who should have scored the bloody goal. And the third one was Stephen Bennett went through himself, took on about three cock defenders, absolutely hit a rasper of a shot. And how, how Damien Callan is in stone dead after taking that fucking slitter to the helmet. He must have a fair strong helmet because he hit that ball a rasper. Now, Sean, you're right. If, if, two, if two or three of them had went in in the second half, I think yeah. we would have had a different second half. That's fact. Totally. But, but each of those misses further created the demoralisation that yeah. Waterford players were going through. They had no team it, collaboration. They know. were all in moments of individual brilliance from someone breaking a line to create the goal. The energy wasn't there. That's the sooner we stop talking about this game the better because it was just <laughs> it was awful. But but, right. but, but, but awful. let's give Cork their credit as well too because you know like and let's just remind everyone as well that I did tip Cork to win. Um and you both went for Waterford which is fine and fair enough on the back but I just felt there was something always something with this Cork team Playing down Parky Quay, first game of the championship, there was going to be something. They were fresh coming into it, and you know you have to give them their give them their dues as well. I do. I think they're going to win on Saturday night against Tip. We get into that. I don't think so. I think Tip will probably beat them Saturday night, which could throw things open up even further. Like the interesting thing is Waterford, for as bad as as it was, there is still a hope. There is still a chance for them because there is going to be some. I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of teams end up in four points in this monster championship. I think that's what's probably going to happen. There's going to be. Maybe three or four teams. I don't know if that's possible, but they end up around on the four points, which could. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that obviously the, the win for Clare opens it right up. So it's not all dead for Warford, but where they, how would they try and resurrect themselves to play Clare? Not this weekend, obviously next weekend. Giggles. I don't know if you want the tea pass or not. Or do you want to bother going to? Do you want to watch it on telly? I'll, 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 I still take the tea pass. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll put in for the tea pass request for six o'clock on Thursday Saturday week. But you know. 
that was you know Cork put in a serious performance could have scored more they were professional the way they went about their business when Waterford led a bit of a resurgence in the second half they quickly went up against a very strong wind which was outlined on the broadcast I don't know what it was like in, in when you're down there giggles but they came back yeah. up the field and started putting over some serious scores and then just put the game to bed and it was all it was all done and dusted and then you're, you're watching for the last bit just the, the game being played out when I rushed home from Nolan Park to get home for this match couldn't wait for it actually I was looking forward to a bit of a humdinger and I ended up I don't know even watch the last 10 minutes of it I think I was just tipping around the house doing a few jobs I, I think you're giving Cork too much credit there Liam to be honest Cork, Cork weren't great at all they, they literally scored 27 points they didn't create one goal chance and um, what was absolutely bananas is against the wind in the first half for the first 25 minutes 20 minutes until they told Jack Pendergast to come out there was two Waterford players in the half forward line nearly in midfield and then there was four Waterford forwards in the full forward line inside the 21 with their markers and an absolute mountain of space in the middle and it, it was like Waterford didn't know what they were wanted to do with that whether players were to pop out into the space to receive the puck out it didn't work Jack Pendergast ended up coming out he was marking Tommy O'Connell, who's obviously not great in the air. Jack is, for a small man, very good in the air. He's he good. caught four or five brilliant puckouts. But then they, they eventually got Rob Downey onto him, who's six foot five, marking Jack, who's foot five foot nine, and that put stop to that tactic. But my my feeling leaving the grounds was, and I think most Cork fans were kind of in agreement with this, is Warford were absolutely shite, um, and Cork were grand. They weren't brilliant. Like they were all, all, like there was no score under pressure by Robbie O'Flynn's two points, which were unbelievable points, by the way. But like some of the scores from Shane Barris and Derek Fitzgibbon, they found themselves past the ball on the 40 in front of the goal with nobody on them. Like, what the fuck? Seriously. Mm. Like, it, 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 and it, it all came from Jack Fagan as a sweeper because he didn't know what to do. So Caleb Lyons was dragged off. Fitzgibbon slotted inside the forward. There was no one marking him, even though we'd seven backs and six forwards. Uh, it, it, it defies that Cork don't know where they are this, this week. Well, that's, that's the thing. Look, Cork. Cork, all Cork had to do was, was beat that was in front of them. There wasn't much put in front of yeah. them, and they did do that, and that's it, job done, whatever. I agree. But yeah, I you agree. can't. I agree on that too. You can't really. Yeah. You can't really. You can't really say where Cork are at because you don't know unless there's a challenge put up against them. And like, it was good for the likes of Robbie O'Flynn to come back from injury. Kingston you know, get on as well. Um, Kingston, uh, Fitzgibbon, like they all got game time into them, into their bodies now. So, like they should be humming, um, you know, bruise free coming into Saturday night's game. Well, let's keep moving on that then because we won't spend any more time on, on Waterford. But Cork and Tip, obviously, on Saturday night, seven o'clock, Parky Cueve. I think it's pretty much going to be close to a sellout even this game, especially after Cork getting the win now. The, the Cork love getting behind yeah. the winning team, not so much behind the losing team. A few more will come out of the out of the cupboard for that one, um, and I actually think. It could be an absolutely cracking game on Saturday night in Park Cueve. Um, Tipperary, yeah. that, well, we talked about that game against Clare. Clare, the goalie gave away those goals. We kind of all ag- agreed on that. Where are Tip at? On the, you know, it's, it, where is everyone at? It's really, you know, you could kind of put that argument out to everyone, you know. So we'll, I think after Saturday night with Cork and Tip, we'll have a really good understanding of where the two of them are at. I think it'll be an absolute cracking game. Cork weren't tested like we said there's still vulnerabilities there especially in or out now did, I don't know what's your main concern Giggles for going into this if you're a Cork supporter do you think they're up and about now they could get the win or do you think it's going to be a temporary win Waterford for their for their woeful performance at the weekend should have had four simple goals simple goals the temporary Liam Cal mantra at the moment is goals 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 the Cork full back line haven't I think Sean I don't know who's a massive loss 
by the way. He's out injured. I think they're going to lack pace in there. I think Nilo Leary isn't wasn't wasn't himself either at the weekend. I, I just don't think their backs were tested. Tipperary have, have named Sean Ryan a corner forward was a young, strong guy. They've got Tynan in midfield and the forwards. They've got Jason, what's his name? Or what's his not Jason, Jason Boards in the corner? What's the other guy's name that looks like Lark Arbor? Jake Morris. Jake Morris. Yeah. Jake Morris. He's named a fourteen. So it's an interesting team from Tipperary. I think both teams are, are are going to be exposed at the back. I would say I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of goals Saturday night. Might be an interesting one. What are the bookies given at four plus goals combined? I think there'll definitely be four goals plus in the game. Who do you think is going to win, Gilles? I think Tip will win. Yeah. Okay. Shawnee, and how are you feeling then, obviously, after that performance? Does that give you more yeah, hope for Saturday I'm, night? Are you feeling better about Saturday night? Or are you feeling... it, it, it gives me a little bit of hope. Look, it's starting off the start. I did, I did think Wadford and I tipped Wadford to beat them because I didn't know where they were at. Um, I still think team did, they still don't have done all their best team. Um, and it might be too late in this game to figure that one out. Um, there is a bit of strength on the bench. Like you've got yeah, the other, oh, the other yeah. Downey on the bench as well to come on. Kingston is there on the bench. So... Robbie O'Flynn's on the bench, you know, they'll probably have to feature. Um, given, you know, as you said, Liam, given how they go so well at home and they will have a bumper crowd. Um, funny enough, the the great uh, Kilkenny crowd of 11,000 that went to see Kilkenny as opposed to 29,000 that was in Cork. Um, don't follow their, their team too much either. Um, but seven think, times the population down I in think, Cork, but anyway, keep going. I think, no, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Really. matters, all, matters all, hugely. All, all, but sure, every man needs to, all they do is follow, follow Hurling in Kilkenny. Sure, Cork have way more sports in Cork to be following. Not just not just Hurling. So you've, you've got no excuse. We, um, we weren't too far off. No excuse, we weren't too far off in terms of I'm with you on this one. Yeah, just for God's sake. That was a good crowd for Kilkenny again, considering being the Leicester final. Go on, yeah. I, I I reckon I reckon tip like seeing him in the league. I think that like they stretched Waterford, and I think they will do. Or sorry, not Waterford, but Limerick. They will do to Limerick similar to Clare. Whether they can finish the job like Clare, I I doubt it. I think they're a little bit stronger than Cork, and I I'm going for a um, marginal tip win. Back in against your county two weeks in a row, Sean. You're, you're finally yeah, I just you finally moved away with tipping with your head, and not your heart. It took, it's taken around six years to get there. Yeah, I, I, I reckon, I reckon they don't know their 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 strongest team, and they will find out after after this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Look, I look, I, I am really looking forward to it. Um, I think it will I'm be looking a, forward to it as well. It's going to be a cracker. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's going to be, be really good. And it's on GA Go. I'm right in saying that, aren't I? Yeah. So all the hurling matches this weekend. I think are on GA Go. I think I'm right in saying that. I, I I've watched all the matches on GA Go. I know you know being here since so you're not instead of going to the onto the dodgy box. the RT player. And like, no, not, I don't have the only does. And um, the dodgy box, Sean. You can give me your address. No, but <laughs> it's interesting in early these games are on only only GA Go, Sean. Just so you know, see, Sky is gone for us this year. So is there a massive uproar over it? There isn't. There isn't. Like people are giving out that oh, sure, it's not on the telly, but it's just like. Whatever, like it's the on poor old people that can't use the internet. That's the excuse most people are trying to Yeah, but then there was the poor old people, people who can't use the internet themselves. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly, but look, yeah, look, it is what it is. It's on, it is on GA. It's a great Go. service. It's a great service, service for expats living overseas. It's an unbelievable service. Being in Ireland, 
it's not the best. Like you know, we've got super good internet here in this in the house. You put it on, it's not the same quality as watching a match on broadcast on RT two or, or on Sky. It's, that's true. It's that's just true. it's just not, that's especially true. for hurling. Yeah. Whatever about shitty football. <laughs> When the football isn't that fast, the ball's not bigger. Trying to watch a really fast hurling match and the ball's flying around you. Sometimes you actually can't even see the ball on the screen on GA Go. On oh, sorry, the quality of it. Yeah, the quality yeah, of it. It's, yeah. it's just you know. And but the show itself is pretty good. No, the show and the production is good. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. And the Tommy Walsh is on the Co-Com as well, which is good yeah, to see him. Yeah. yeah. So I think no, they've got lots of things right. Actually, just the quality of the broadcast is isn't there, but that's what we have. So um, I'll be tuning in in from Belfast somewhere watching that on on on, on my iPad. Um. But look, I'm gonna go for tip as well. I think that's Limerick three, three tip. Yeah, let, let's look quick at Limerick and Clare. Look, Limerick and Clare on the on the Saturday night. Uh, like you know, they're the matches at seven o'clock on a Saturday night. We want to be watching thirty thousand into Gaelic grounds. Yeah. It rain in a shitty night. It shows the the amazing rivalry between those two counties, but also the great home back in that Limerick have at the moment. And we just got a rip roaring game of hurling. And what I loved about it was seeing so many of the man on man stuff. You know, there was just so many battles, you know, kind of the tactics went out the window a little bit at times and you just had to win your own patch. And whoever was winning their own patch got out on top and, and Clare hung in there and hung in there and hung in there. And it was as good as a game of hurling as I've watched in a long time. I think the Ireland final obviously was a great game between Kenny and Limerick from a neutral's perspective. Um, from a neutral watching on on Saturday night, that was probably the best match I've seen, easily the best match I've seen this year. It was it was fantastic. I mean, like as using the old Tomas O'Shea, um, what is it, the hammer to hammer, they just went hammer to hammer from 1 to 15 the whole way through and like, it was fantastic. It was it was a throw, it was throwback to the 90s hurling, like really, wasn't it? There was no, you couldn't really see a lot of tactics in it and it was just go, you win your own duel and see how you go. And the score um, was low, relatively low compared to what we have, Yeah, in, you know, yeah, in matches, yeah, no. which I really liked about, you really earned your score. You, read, you, but you never saw the space like no. the land running onto 40 yards of space and up over the shoulder there was nothing like that everyone was getting back everyone was falling and cutting out the space um, yeah it was, it was it was amazing to watch and a couple of things I want to call out quickly I don't, don't like saying some of this but one is you know, we talked about you know you need Limerick to lose a match in Munster is what we're hoping for as, as a you know for the, the game of Hurling this year and if they were to get one or two injuries again, not wishing an injury on any person at all, but that would put a bit of a dent in him. Sean Finn is gone, gone for the rest Sean of the season, Finn, confirmed. That's a massive he loss. He is a massive loss. Like, he is pound mm. for pound the best cornerback in the country. Um, I know that Limerick have a bit of depth there to bring in, but still, I don't think anyone has got the better of him in the last couple of years, really. Um, so I think, you know, and I think Keane Lynch went off, but I think he's okay. Um, there hasn't... Hamstring strain, yeah. Hamstring strain. He'll be fine. He'll, He'll be, be fine because they're not playing for a couple of weeks. But no matter what, you know, a defeat in Limerick, they were obviously going for Kenny's kind of record of number of championship games won in in in, in consecutive games. That's gone. They lost at home. They lost a key player. I don't think by any means is, you know, Limerick are going to go into a free fall. But it it does kind of level things out a little bit and gives the rest of the hurling population more hope, which is what we need. It does, but it. Uh, it also, it also, you know, pokes the bear though a bit, doesn't it? And it, it, you know, they're they're not gonna let this slip again, like, and there'll be a wounded animal coming into their next game. And the thing about know, the it, thing about those shiners, there's some lads not going. Like Hegarty is not going well for them at the moment. He hasn't hit the highs of where where he's been. Um, and what happens? I think it happened with Kenny when they were going for the five in a row that time. Uh, different, they were going for the four in a row when Tip hit him in that five in a row final. 
Kenny had nowhere to go as in there was nothing in the well to go to there was nothing you know like Limerick have been on the road a long time they're a young team but still mm. it, it's it's harder and harder each year this goes on for them and is this the year going I, to be I, got I, I, yeah I think we might have just been lulled into a false sense with the league final lads if you think about it right obviously the, the big comeback against Tipperary in the league semi-final as well but then most of the rest of the league games they didn't really hammer anyone like Cork beat them remember that right and then go back to last year's championship they didn't win any game in the championship last year by more than one score yeah yeah bar the hammer and a cork again and they're going to have the hoodoo over cork and so what happened in the first round they beat Waterford by two points in a helter skelter game and then they came up against Clare the team that they drew with three times last year and they've lost by a point right so it just kind of shows how fickle sport can be where you put somebody up on a pedestal because they've won three All-Irelands in 18 months and they've won all their games, but they only won them quite tight. And Clare just found a way on Saturday night to get over the line. Now, they were probably better than a one-point win. They probably were better. They were about a five-point win or six-point win. But because Limerick are Limerick, they got the goal and they kept tapping over the points. But I, I think, and Liam, we were probably the guiltiest of it, walking up to Waterford Limerick and Turles two weeks ago. Nobody's got a chance against Limerick. They're, they're going to walk the All-Ireland. We're all in the same boat. Yeah. But it, it just goes to show that actually, do you know what? There's a couple of teams there that are going to fancy a cut off Limerick again this year. And if Limerick, and Limerick are still a quality team. And the Gerard Hegarty had some stinkers again last year as well. Turned young All-Ireland final scores 1-5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll do that again. Guarantee it. He, Sean Finn will go off and he is a monster loss. But Mike Casey goes in there instead of him. Who was brilliant when he came out oh, in both games in the championship? Forgot about, right? forgot about him. So, you forgot about my, forgot Rich about the other bench there, Sean. Did yes. <laughs> Colin Coughlin. Uh, anyway, we can go on with them, with them lads. Um, so th- they'll be right there. I I would feel sorry for whoever's playing Limerick next, which I think is Tip or Cork. I think it's Tip. Tip. Um, yeah. So we have the last yeah, game. Yeah. So maybe I feel sorry for Cork. Cork might be the the, the game that. They might actually have to win to get to a month to find Johnny, and you don't have a great record against them, and you definitely don't have the physicality to match them. I don't know. Do you have the pace to stay with them either? To be honest, but or the I, I think Limerick will. Or the hurling, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think Limerick will be back. I think some of their players aren't Limerick. clicking, but they, they have so many players. Um, they but will... for Clare lads, I just, I, I think we need to focus on the positivity of Clare. Like Clare last year. Whatever the the excuse that everyone used was, they peaked in the Munster final in the, and they were flat at thereafter, and that's fair enough. But they have a forward line that includes Tony Kelly, Shane O'Donnell, Aidan McCarthy, Mark Rogers, and Peter Duggan. Yeah, I think that's a better forward line than Limerick. They have a midfield with David Fitzgerald, who was phenomenal at the weekend, and Ryan Taylor, who was unreal. That's a phenomenal midfield. You've got the big, strong guy who can score from distance, and you've got the little pocket rocket who's mad for getting on breaking ball. If Dave McInerney, Dermot Ryan, John Conlon, Connor Cleary, they have a savage 15, I think. Do they have the depth to go on? That'll be tested this year. But if I was to put my number two, I'm looking at Clare, lads, thinking, are they the biggest contenders to Limerick? They're they're very close with Galway and Kilkenny, I think. I think they are the three now at the moment. There's a thing I'll say, on, which is we'll keep going, but there's an interesting thing, and what we have to remember, and it happened last year, is when these lads get to Croke Park, it yeah. t- t- things seem to change. And Kilkenny and Clare, Clare, is it? Yeah, Clare in particular. Like, yeah. Kilkenny, Clare in the Ireland Sweet Final, I remember going up to that game, Clare everywhere. Again, Kilkenny, Port Travel, like, we're outnumbered 5-1 to one easy the Ireland Sweet Final, and they were cocksure this was a very straightforward 
win for Clare like you know yeah. 100% was going to be Clare all over in the Northern final against Limerick and Kilkenny absolutely whacked him now I'm not saying that's going to happen again this year but it's grand for Mon- being a Munster those games are Munster's way ahead of Leinster at the moment no doubt about it in terms of games quality teams competitiveness all that but the business end of things is going to happen in quarterfinals semi-finals they're all, and they're going to be they're all in ribbons by then they come out of Munster. That's that, the look, problem. That, no, and they get no, up to Pack it, it, and it is part of it. Fade to a pulp. It is, it, it is part of it, you know, that you know they have a much tougher route up, but Limerick have had that route too, and you know it didn't it didn't stop them. So you were saying because they had and the All Ireland, isn't it? Yeah, but this but that's why Kilkenny have twenty one wins in a row. <laughs> They're beating Athlone and Wexford. But oh. I, I do think the Crow Pack factor though, aside from late, you know, they've gone through yeah, tougher that's a fair point. It, it is a factor. So it'd be interesting to see this year now whoever ends up getting there because you know it's not guaranteed Clare are going to be there either because this monster thing lads is going oh, to take God. another couple of twists. Like I'm gonna put out there, you could see Limerick just say we're to lose the next game. Just say it, right? Just say they were all of a sudden as Limerick might get out of Munster. Can you imagine that? Like you know, that's a possibility. Well, no, I know, but I'm just saying this this result and then Cork beating Waterford. No, you're right. It's yeah. it the whole thing and Waterford going up to play like, Clare next day. Like, would you be shocked if, if Waterford beat Clare? He would be, but Jesus Christ, you never know. Because to give I you some Waterford hope, really... this time last year, Cork lost their first two games, and I I'd run, and they were done. They're gone. Completely gone. Honest. Yeah, yeah, gone. yeah, hundred percent. Now look, I'm conscious of time. Last we we have a gigas corner to get in yeah. here, and little old Leinster needs to get quickly mentioned. But you know, uh, before before we wrap up, so I am going to keep us moving um, onto Giggles corner because Giggles did put an embargo on mentioning. I won't say anyone's name, but he put an embargo on us talking about a certain someone in the first part of the um, of the show. So we might give it a little clue here in this little soundbite. The whole show is scripted. No, there was there was no tangle, right? It was an off the ball incident, right? And I made my feeling like we played him now twice. He didn't stay down for no reason, like, and that cost us a score, right? Now I've seen other people come onto the field and make points and be just as animated. Yes, there's one fella I I'll get sent all the time, and I, I don't think it's personally fair myself. And if you look at the whole thing, I can promise you you'll see more people giving out. But that official wanted to make a name for himself and fair play to him. He probably did. Davy Fitz the saviour over to you Giggles lads so I, I don't think Davy's 100% to blame for Watford getting hockeyed at the weekend I think there was definitely a team element to it but I just and, and everything I've done on Davy in this is going to be statistically backed up by results right so I've got mm-hmm. all the data and You've I'll share the spreadsheet with you afterwards lads at the data hat on right so why did the, the, the title of this segment is Why Davy's Best Days Are Behind Him? Right? Ooh. It's not a good. Interesting, you didn't do this segment at the start of the year when you were delighted that he was a new Orf manager. Go on, yeah. <laughs> I, I, would say, I would say I wasn't delighted. I would say I was kind of. T- I thought he was a good appointment without any data analysis on it in, in my gut. Uh, this disproves that uh, gut feeling by uh, statistical science lean. Right. Go ahead. So, Davy, Davy has managed. On 61 championship games as a manager, right? 61. He has won 28, lost 27, and drawn six. So just over 50% win ratio, allowing for draws, right? That's not a bad win ratio. However, if you remove the Joe Mack or the Yo Yo teams, right? The, the, the Antrums, the Leashes, the ones that come up and down in the championship, 
he's won 18, lost 27, and drawn six, so a 40% win rate, which isn't great. Okay, that's fine. Interestingly, and we start getting interesting, if we split his managerial career in two, to the first half of his managerial career that gets you up to about 2014, and the second half, and remove Joe McDonough teams as well, or the OYO teams, whatever you want to call them. In the first half of his career, he's won out of, out of however many games. He's won 14, lost 11, drawn 3. 56% win rate, which is quite good for a manager. But in the second half of his career, removing the Joe McDonough teams, H2 we'll call it, won 4, lost 16, drawn 3. So removing oh, wow. the draws again. 20, wow. So a 20, a 20% win ratio, right? As a manager, right? This is this is an interesting one, right? And I kind of look at the, the Premiership table. If you ever look at it on the on the Google search, or if you look at the AFL, the Aussie rules, you see the last five games. You know, with an X, a red X, draw, mm-hmm. or a green tick for a win. If you remove the win he had as Wexford manager against Leash by one thirty-two to fifteen points in twenty twenty-one, he's got seven losses in a row, going all the way back to the. 2019 Leinster final. So Davy has seven championship losses in a row. That's last, 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 last. If that was Pep Guardiola or Eric Ten Hag or Graham Potter, out the door. Good luck, lads. So he hasn't won a match since 2019 Leinster final against Kilkenny. And people forget, actually, just going back subjectively, in that year, which everyone hails is a great year for Wexford, that was the only bloody decent win they had. They drew their three group games and they beat the Westmead. And then they won the Kilkenny game and the last the semi-final. So the round robin definitely doesn't suit Davey either, right? Here's another one. Davey has had one win over a Munster team as a manager since 2013, since they won the All-Ireland and beat Cork. One win in 10 years. And that was beating Limerick in 2015 on a scoreline of 19 points to 15. Jesus. So one win against the Munster team since 2013. So again, going back over stats, 51 games versus Liam McCarthy teams. This is interesting, right? And I think this goes to the sweeper, and I think it goes to Davy's mindset. So Davy, I think since he's won the All-Ireland in the first half of his career, which I would deem successful, and we'll get into the stats on that in a second again, has given himself a level of confidence that he thinks he can go and do whatever he wants. He thinks he can recreate the whole game, you know, attacking wing-backs, double sweeper, that attack as well. And I, I personally don't think teams or amateur players can get to that level of fitness to do that consistently but but this is interesting in the in the in the 51 games over his whole career that he's had versus Lee McCarthy teams 28 of those games have had 20 scores or less 55% of them have had 20 scores or less and actually to even go further 35% of those games 18 of them have had 20 points or less so like the example with the 1915 win over Limerick have had less than 20 points in the first half of his career, that was that was again more pronounced than than the second half. So, really not good from a scoring perspective. Just going to give you the county by county. His win rates against the top eight teams. He's managed different teams: twenty nine percent versus Kilkenny, thirty three percent versus Cork, twenty percent versus Tip, fifty seven percent versus Limerick, sixty seven percent versus Wexford, forty three versus Galway. 25 versus Clare and 25% versus Watford. So nothing to write home about there. So here's my overall conclusion on why Davy's best days are behind him. Davy was awesome as a manager from 2008 to 2013. He had 17 wins, 
two draws, nine losses, a 66% win ratio, which is actually really, really good. From 2014 onwards, he has not delivered. He's had four wins, 18 losses, and four draws, an 18% win rate versus Lee McCarthy teams since 2014. Some subjective observations, as I said, I think Davey thinks he can do whatever game plan he thinks is right since since 21 the All-Ireland for 2013. And I think the big thing that I draw out of this and looking back over the statistical analysis and putting your hurling hat on is that consistency is the thing you lose with Davey Fitzgerald in the hope of a one-off miracle game. And I think that can actually be seen quite clearly in the last two games for Watford. Huge performance. Hale is a genius by putting a sweeper on one side of the pitch to block off and maybe Limerick weren't at their best in hindsight. And then you see what happens seven days later with the flat performance because there was so much energy put into it. So there's a lot there. I'm going to send you on the spreadsheet Dude, that of every single match mapped out with the yeah. scores and everything down to it. Um, okay, that is a great, great piece of analysis there and it's great that you have the resources in your job to get the lads to put that, those, that work into those numbers and crunch it for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I think well, I've always kind of looked at Davey in that he's a bit like Mourinho, right? In that you bring him in in the first year you get a reaction because no matter what it'll be, he'll play a different way than what they've been playing. He brings an energy about it, a presence. And if you look at those teams, it'll be interesting the first year of his management in those places. You know, they like Wexford winning Leinster in 2019 is an example. I know you said they, only, they drew a couple of the games and he bet King Leinster final. But no matter what, they probably should have bet Tipperary on the day in 2019 the semi-final. I know they didn't, right? But they probably, they had, they had, you know, they ran him very close and probably left that one behind them, okay? But I think year two of Davy is always flat. Year three then is kind of like, why did we do? Why did we do year three? And you saw that with Wexford with the hangover. They had to held on to him too long. They begged him to stay. They went nowhere. What for getting him back? It's just like, oh, really? You know, like, and I really felt it was a backwards move for Watford at the time. And that you're go, what are you go, what are you going back to? You know, like you know, it's not as you know. So I think I think you're right. I think he is a spent force, but he's he has a massive name. And his name mm-hmm. and, and his personality is probably getting him in the door of these jobs and, and, and all the money he takes out of the county boards as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great analysis. Do you know, do, do you know, do, do you know who was a huge name in, in hurling management back in 1998? Babs Keating. He was a huge name as well. Yeah, right? yeah. he, he had proven. He'd won two All-Irelands, but he was past his time. And I think I, I was watching the warm-up right now. I, I thought, fuck me, Pink. These lads are going to be bollocks after this warm-up. They were fucking running sprints left, right, and centre. I was looked down to Corkin, and there might have been seven cones. Davy's warm up had about fifty-four cones, meticulously placed with about one hundred and seventy-five slitters, yeah. meticulously placed. I couldn't get over, and what I couldn't get over actually as well is, and I've never seen this in any other. Davy was doing the warm up himself. He was in the middle of it, like you don't see John Kelly doing the warm up, you don't see Pat Ryan, you don't see Liam Cahill that often doing it. It's the hurling coach, and the feedback I've got from Wexford from different people is that. He brings in these big backroom teams, but actually, do you know what? Doesn't matter because he does his own thing. He's still still he's calling the shots still, like yeah. yeah. And, and is he passionate about hurling? Of course he is. Is he think is he doing what he thinks is right? Of course he is. But is he getting the best results and delivering consistency? He kind of reminds you of a lad who's going trading on the crypto for the first time, looking for the big win. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to John Kylie, Paul Connor, Brian Cody, Mantra whoever else you want, even Liam Cal to an extent. Hard work, hard work, grind, 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 put it through, no bullshit, gimmicky stuff. 
build a consistent performance. And that's what Liam Cahill did with Watford. Like, you forget about the two and three quarters years of Liam Cahill was manager of Watford, all are defined, all are in semi-final league champions. Yeah. Right? In the space yeah. of seven, seven days, their whole thing went to shit. But anyway, that's, 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 I think that's a poor way to look back on it. But anyway, on the stats, I think the killer, the killer on this one, lads, is, is in since 2014, since they won the All Ireland in 2013, four wins, 18 losses, and four draws, and 18 percent win yeah, rate well. against Liam McCarthy teams. Yeah, well, that, that's that was the, that was the thing I pulled out. I go, like, oh, fuck, that's that's it. Yeah. And I actually went into it not knowing what the outcome was going to be. Got all the results out in a spreadsheet. Put in a couple of factors like the opposition quality, scores under 20, scores over 20, all that kind of stuff, and. What came out was fairly conclusive. You should send that into the Warford County Board, Giggles, just in case <laughs> for when they're going to do the reform through the end of the year. They'd bury it, Liam. They'd bury it. <laughs> <laughs> Used to go to the sun. <laughs> right, that was excellent, Giggles Connor. I'm going to keep us moving, though, because we've only got a few minutes left before Giggles has to leave us and do a bit of work. So, um, great, Giggles Connor. Please get your feedback in at GadayGA, Twitter, Instagram, and GadayGA at gmail.com. Okay, quickly going to have a, a look back at, at, at Leinster at, at the weekend, and in particular, I suppose, Kenny and Galway, um, which probably went under the radar a little bit with, after the, the game we had, obviously, um, with Clare and Limerick on, on the Saturday night, and then the, the, the shit show of Cork and Waterford on, on the Sunday afternoon. But look, I was at the game on, on the Sunday, and it's always very hard, it's very different when you're at the game, and we were kind of down low towards the pitch a bit as well because we had had the kids with us so we need to have them down a bit closer it's a bit harder to get to get a grasp of what actually goes on in the match I haven't had a chance to watch it back but you know in in high level summary I, I from my watching I thought Kenny kind of had done enough to win that match um, and there were a few points up or six points up kind of going into I think it was around maybe 10 minutes to go then it was three points and then I just got that feeling I was like Joe, this is going to be a draw here I could just see it happening I could see it happening you could smell a draw you could yeah. smell a draw and when that last ball came out and Richie Reid, like, I think it was Richie Reid was waiting for the ref to blow the whistle. I think he thought, do you know what, this, this, the time has gone here, he's going to blow it on the, on the puck out. And it's like he just didn't react to, to the ball. And it was a fantastic score, an unbelievable score to level it, don't get me wrong, out over his shoulder. From a 19-year-old. From a 19-year-old, yeah. after coming on, like, unbelievable score, and I don't take that away from him. But I kind of think that kind of summed it up a little bit for me, that that, that game should have been closed out for Kenny. Um, but I thought it was a good game. I thought it was a, it was a good game. It was entertaining, and you know we had a, r- a relatively high score in it too. Um, played out in, in decent conditions, but like you know, they, they probably are the, they are the top two teams in Leinster. You talk about the lack of crowd, Johnny, and you're right. But I think the, the issue there is it's probably that's what's going to be in the Leinster final in a, in a few weeks' time. Is going to be that fixture again, and it's kind of hard to get excited about it when the rest of Leinster is so poor at the moment. If you had a stronger Dublin, a stronger Wexford. I think you're a bit more excited about that game because, geez, you might need to win this game because you could lose to Dublin or Wexford. It's very hard to see Kilkenny or Galway losing to a Dublin or Wexford at the moment. Yeah, I think, look, it, it was it was, it was was a, a grand game to watch. It was. There were some really good things in it. Like you had Brian Concannon on one side and you had Owen Cody on the other side lighting it up. Yeah. Um, it's some great... Was there the ferocity there that was in, let's say... Waterford Limerick game the previous week or the Clare Limerick game absolutely not no. and, and would that will that be different in the Leinster final it absolutely will right there'll be absolutely there was an element of shadow boxing that both teams know they're going to be playing the Leinster final 
they're both, I'd say they're both actually delighted with a draw, even though the only thing from a kick any point of view that's a little bit worrying for them is, let's assume for a second, it's a, it's a massive, it's probably the, the biggest game this weekend is Dublin versus Wexford for both those teams. Let's assume Wexford win that for a second. Because Kilkenny have had a draw now, if Wexford can turn Kilkenny over in Wexford Park, which is a massive if, but it's, it's well, got there's a chance. There's a good there. chance that that happens, to be honest. Yeah, Kil- Kilkenny don't make the Leinster final. Mm. Wexford do. So it does give... Whereas if, if Kilkenny had beaten Galway, I think Wexford don't get an opportunity, to be honest, to get into a Leinster final. So... It, it was. It, I think it was a good game. It definitely was. Yeah, it's definitely bad. <laughs> I, I thought. But I, it, I thought. I. I would have. Jeez, the way I watched it, and, and and from what I saw, I. I wouldn't have said it was shadow boxing at all. I mean, like there was still a lot of tackles going in. Hugh Lawler was absolutely ripping through lads. Um, yeah, he's playing very well at the moment. He ah, uh, he's, he's an absolute. He's unbelievable. He's just going all out. He's the best fullback like. in the country at the moment, definitely by 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 a mile. Um, like is it Corcoran or Corcoran midfield? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and oh, Cody didn't get anything his own way either. His footwork is just phenomenal. Jeez, the way he gets out of you know tight spaces is, is serious, and and the way he gets the striking. He was, he was due but, a big game. Yeah. He's been poor up until now, so he had a, a very good first half in particular. I thought. Yeah, well, I know I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that sense at all. It was shadow boxing. I mean. There's a sense there that like what what Shefflin is is putting into um what Shefflin is putting into Galway is, is that little bit of steel you know that little bit of you know n- you know never say die to that he had with Kenny I guess he's probably bringing that now into the into the Galway setup and it seems like there's a massive buy-in to kick in or to Henry's way of thinking now and Henry's way of going and there's a, an honesty about the Galway team you saw I thought on, on Sunday I definitely didn't think it was shadow boxing No I think the fact that they eked out the, the draw like it was a great result for Gollum mm. I think when they were probably yeah, well, they were behind for a lot of it and kind of weren't really in you know in contention to get a result over there down Nolan Park was a huge boost for them and it felt like you know it kind of felt like a loss for Kenny I think at the end of it the way they kind of done probably the most out of the hurling and drove a few bad wides down the, the, down the stretch um, yeah. like they're positive for Kenny as well. Though. I thought they worked the ball well at times. You know, even Billy Ryan there was lively as well. Um, Billy Ryan's he's on form this year, yeah. Isn't he? He's on form, yeah. He is, and I, you know, Mossy Cone was a sub came on. So, so like they've changed the team up for this weekend. Actually, now for for the Antrim game on Sunday, um, Timmy Clifford has been dropped. Park Walsh actually has been dropped as well, um, which is interesting. He probably kind of got a bit of a tough time, but I think at the weekend, um. So you know, any chance of an upset being this weekend? No, I don't think so. I think you know, I think Kilkenny are going to win that game. Uh, but we're travelling off to yes, yeah, sorry, yes, we are. We're heading up on Saturday up there for Sunday one o'clock. Um, up up there again. Hopefully, we don't get a punctured. You catching up with a few friends up there? Looking forward to catching my friends up. I've got a few friends up there up in up in uh, Belfast. I have good good memories of Belfast and college up there, and some good friends in Melbourne up there too. Looking forward to seeing them up, up around the place like I did in February. Um, and it's given 18 degrees and sunny, thank God, not like the absolute horrific conditions I had in February went up. It was the worst weather I've seen in Ireland since I came home. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, look, going up there, I'm expecting Nicky Kenny win. And I think, yeah, Leinster, like we kind of said, you know, we got Dublin, Wexford is a big game, all right, but there's just not that level of excitement around Leinster at the moment. Um, and, but, you know, could, could we get an upset in Dublin, be Wexford at the weekend? Probably could. Like, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Dublin were to win that game either. Um but I think, yeah, look, Kenny Galway, 
we're going to see him probably in six or whatever I think it's in four weeks time that once that Leicester final is going to be so that'll be interesting um, but yeah it, it was it was a, a decent game of hurling but I suppose nothing really new learned I don't think no, Galway were, were much better in the first half than Kilkenny now I thought Kilkenny were lucky to go in was it level at half time or were they a point down I'm not sure but then they took over in the 25 minutes after half time and then I think it was Dahi Burke got a point when there were six points down to bring it back to five and then yeah. he started chipping away. But they kept Conor Whelan very quiet. Hey, Conor Whelan was anonymous. Conor Whelan was anonymous, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was a very good, as well as a good attacking performance from Kenny. We know Kenny had the forwards. I thought TJ was classy as usual. Like The one, the point he even passed to Massey Kjorn was quite, it was like he was running in slow motion but no one could still catch him and he picked the ball up and he did the dummy hand pass and then he Ambassador to Massey Keown in front of the goal and said, yeah. It was just TJ quality all over. Cody's getting back into form. Adrian Mullen is there. Yeah, they're, they're, they'll be, they'll be, they'll be there, thereabouts, Liam. Yeah, I think I, I'm hoping so. If they can get through Leinster, I think they'll be, they'll, they're in Ireland semi final. Who knows what'll happen there? But look, I'm conscious of time. Last quick one before we go is my play of the weekend was Tony Kelly hand passing the ball out deliberately over for a sideline against Limerick when he was bottled up. I don't know if you remember that going down the stretch. I think it was up around the 70, 71st oh, minute. Yeah, yeah. And he was going to be a free if he didn't hamp- if he get rid of the ball. But there was no one to give it to. And he put it out over the line. I was like, I've never seen that before. I thought it was absolutely brilliant because it, it chewed up more time. Limerick had to take a sideline. I thought the genius to do that. So I'm going to just spoil the ball and hit it over the line here. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. You used to, you used to do that every weekend in Gailey Park. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 did, I didn't mean to. I'd be trying to have asked someone else. <laughs> I just thought that was brilliant. I, I thought that was just amazing to see on Saturday night. That was, that was my uh, quickly play of the weekend. I know you have to, you have to jump off now. But look, get in touch with us at, at AGA. Thank you very much to Shawnee and Giggles. Um, looking forward to a good weekend to Hurling. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. And Giggles, I'll get on to the T-Pass for next weekend. Thank you. See you, lads. Yeah.